Hello and welcome to Pop of Passion. Join me, Jack Sparker, comedian and highly sensitive person, along with a guest every other week as we delve into our deepest passions. From being a plant dad to conquering insecurity with comedy. If you relish the memory of an unexpected late night conversation with a stranger about their obscure passion, the kind where you have tears in your eyes one second and are doubled over laughing the next, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Pop of Passion. I'm Jax Barker and I'm so glad you're here. My guest today won the MVP award for playing football at Catholic school. He is a writer, comedian, and content creator. He co-wrote The Super Carb Diet and Fancy AF Cocktails. You can hear him anywhere you get podcasts on everything iconic. Please welcome Danny Pellegrino. Jax, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you. And also, I've never been introduced with that fact about playing football uh, before. <laughs> and I want to somehow add it to my bio because I feel like it it makes me seem so much more hardcore than I am. But I did, in fact, win the MVP award for playing football at Catholic school. Um, That's amazing. When I was younger. And yeah. I think you should work that into conversations whenever you get the chance. <laughs> yes. You know, there was like a kind of a longer story about that whole situation because I was it's a long story we don't have to get into it, but I'm very proud of that fact and I'm going to yeah. start I'm going to start working it in that's awesome so Danny what is your passion my passion I mean I think we're going to be talking talk shows right like yes. that I love a talk show I sort of felt like I gave myself a talk show with my podcast because I was like nobody else is giving me one I'm just <laughs> going to give myself one and yeah, I, I grew up just being obsessed with everything from live with Regis and Kathy Lee. The Rosie O'Donnell show was like huge for me. Um, but I watched a little bit of everything. Anytime a new talk show would come, I remember Donnie and Marie had a daytime show for a minute. And as a young kid, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to watch just to like check it out. But I watched, my, my mom got me into Oprah. Um, I even there's a great documentary that's airing on CNN right now called The Story of Late Night, and it's fantastic. And we were watching it last night and I was telling my boyfriend about how I used to stay up on specifically Friday nights. My friend and I would get together and we'd watch David Letterman. And I was so oh. enamored by his show. And then Conan started. I was never really a Jay Leto fan, but I would check out sort of any any talk show I could because I just I loved it. Yeah, so. What uh, about talk shows calls to you? Do you think it's, do you prefer like a panel or do you like a one host like situation? You know, I like all different forms. I mean, currently I watch The View every night. It's sort of my wind down time and it's panel based. And I I like that. It's something different. But um, I'd say like the peak for me was the Rosie O'Donnell show. And I remember just uh, really relating to how much she loved pop culture. And it felt like, she was me because I loved movies and TV as, as a kid. And I remember she would have people like Mary Tyler Moore on and she would know more about the Mary Tyler Moore show than Mary did. And so yeah. I, I think she is what really hooked me. And then I'm endlessly fascinated just by uh, watching people interview other people, even more so now, I think, because I do it on my show and I'm, I'm fascinated by how people get in, especially with celebrities. Oftentimes there's different talking points they have to get in and there's certain topics that they have off limits or 
uh, the PR people will sometimes jump in. And to me, I enjoy the challenge of trying to uh, figure out uh, how I can get in and how I can get them to talk about something that maybe, uh, you know, they they wouldn't normally yeah. uh, talk about. So I watch I watch talk shows in that way, too. And sometimes I hop on YouTube and I'll watch old clips of of all of these hosts that I've loved in the past. And I'll just watch them interview and see like what I could take from them. And I I, I love it. I love, and I've been fortunate enough to have a few different talk show host people on my show, and and I've learned little tricks. I had Katie Couric on my show, and one of the things she kept doing was she kept saying my name as we were chatting, and I, I it made us both kind of put our guards down a little bit, and it was such a simple thing. And I don't know if we talked about it on the episode or if, if it was off air, but it really uh, I I noticed it being a little trick, if if you will, and I yeah. had never thought about it before, but something about it just let both of our guards down and so now even when i'm interviewing i try to try to do that and it's it's so simple and and small but i i think it does uh take down people's defenses a little bit yeah that is really cool i've enjoyed watching your podcast journey and seeing you interviewing like these huge stars and it's just it's so cool to see i also love the bravo people but I think oh yeah, the Bravo people are fun. I but. feel like when you interview someone who also interviews, it's like a meeting of the minds. Oh, it's and my it's favorite magic. thing, Jax. Yeah, it's really cool. It. So yeah, I think the other thing with people who interview, it's like they know if they're coming on a show. I had Andy Cohen on my show, and it was mm-hmm. like he comes in. He has a uh, show where he interviews people every single night, so he knows that he he's got to bring some pep and some energy and some some tea and all of those things because he knows what it's like if someone just shows up and is aloof or not interested. So I I do think people who interview for a living, they come into an interview with a little bit extra something. Definitely. So do you have any um, like favorite moments from a, uh, you know, talk show that you watched when you were growing up that you were like, oh, that's it. You know, like there's points in my life that I point to where I'm like, Oh, that's what I want to do. Do you have that moment? Yeah, I think going back to Rosie O'Donnell, I remember when she would, she had Barbara Streisand on the first time she had her on and she wept to Barbara. And the thing that I took from that was, and I still think about that moment all the time on my show is that she was comfortable being very vulnerable and she was she was crying to Barbara and she told Barbara about how much she meant to her and how before her mom passed, uh, Rosie's mom would listen to Barbara and they bonded over that. And I always think about being it, it being okay to be vulnerable because sometimes I think people who are really trained at hosting, uh, they have that sort of E red carpet hosting vibe. Yeah. But I think that puts a wall up between the interviewer and the audience. And I always think about Rosie and I think that's why people latched on to her with her with that initial talk show and then she did the view and it was a different kind of uh, a different kind of thing but her initial talk show I think that's why people loved it so much because she wasn't afraid and and the Barbara Streisand one is the one that always latches onto my mind and uh and it proved what a pop culture lover she was and and yeah but I I look at other interviewers too even something like Larry King I I remember watching him as a kid and I loved those long form interviews he did on CNN and uh, Kelly and or Kathy Lee and Regis. I think Kathy Lee and I, I had her on my show too. And I told her it, 
she has this ability to be very serious and heartfelt and emotional. And then she could be like wacky the next second and like outrageous. And that, that to me is such a, an interesting skill that not many people have. And Kelly Ripa too, who took over for, for Kathy Lee, to me, she's so charming and I don't ever think she gets the credit for how good she is at her job. I know she's, I think she's won Emmys and her show is wildly popular, but to me, Kelly is like one of the best doing it. And I feel like she just is oftentimes overlooked because she makes her job seem so seamless. Definitely. I remember when you posted on uh, Instagram about her hosting SNL and it's like, whoa, like she was so, and is so great. And I think it's like interesting how so many people are like doing the thing and they're being, they're really successful, but they don't have like the public's um, respect maybe. And she's one of them for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is exactly. I, I, even when I posted that clip from SNL, that I, I did get some people who said they didn't care for Kelly. And I'm like, I, I think she's so phenomenal. And, I, I, you know, I, of course, that show live has had a lot of, uh, there's been some drama behind the scenes and stuff that played out in the press. But for the most part, it's like, I find her to just be so good at her job. And, and of course, people love her show, but I just don't think... And you mentioned the SNL clip. She was like wildly funny. I used to watch her show yeah. Hope and Faith, which was a yes. cheesy sitcom, but yes. she was great in it. And she's just got it. And my mom was an all my children lover. So mm-hmm. when I was younger, we would, I remember literally watching like all my children and the Rosie O'Donnell show with my mom. And uh, my mom loved Haley and Mateo, which was Kelly and Mark's characters yeah. on all my children. And so she was, she's just got a magnetic kind of thing that is, uh, oddly overlooked but but obviously that's why she stays on tv so for so long because Definitely. there are people that love her yeah so you've mentioned your mom linda pellegrino now and um i'm just wondering because i find that i look back to things that i experienced with my mom in childhood certain movies or like i we watched gilmore girls together and then like i remember being in the theater seeing um like my big fat Greek wedding with my mom and under the Tuscan sun and you've got mail. And now those are the things I go back to. And Jax, I wonder if it's a mom thing. Mail. Yeah. Can, can we talk about you've got mail for like an hour? I mean, yeah, how much time absolutely. do we have? Cause I feel like <laughs> uh, we could go in. I was earlier. You're wearing a Nancy. I got to tell people you're wearing a Nancy Myers shirt and I have the exact same one. And right when I saw that, I was like, okay, we're soul sisters. Yes. So this is... Well, earlier today, um, before I showered, I was wearing a, um, a, a sweatshirt that said uh, the shop around the corner and I actually got a coupon code from your friend Hannah Brown to get that okay, sweatshirt I, I yes it's amazing I mean yeah. you've got mail to me is that's my number one more than any other yep. movie absolutely I'm it's sorry so I interrupted good. you though no well I'm just wondering like I I think there's something to be said about like bonding with your mom over something and carrying that into adulthood oh totally I mean in the talk show thing, she was the one who introduced me to talk shows because she would always have on before we went to school or she would have on Regis and Kathy Lee. And then later she loved uh, Kelly and she would record the Oprah Winfrey show. So at night she would watch it. And uh, yeah, so a large part of my childhood, I actually bonded with my grandmother uh, in the Rosie O'Donnell show because my mom would be, there was a large chunk of time where my mom was working. And so I would get home from school. My grandma would be there to watch me and we would sit and watch Rosie and her show really appealed to every demographic that original talk show. 
And so that was a special time. I, my grandma Rose was like incredibly um, important in my life. And so, yeah, I remember those times, but yeah, they were the ones who introduced me to talk shows. Even at nighttime, my parents always had a uh, late night on before bed. They would always watch when I was really young. I think Carson was still on. Oh, and then, wow. Yeah. Cause I think he went off in like 91 or 92 or something. And then, uh, yeah, they would watch Leno or Letterman. And it, so I always just remember talk shows kind of being part of the household. And, and so I, I always liked them. Yeah, it's really cool how you've like taken this passion and you've pivoted it to a different format and you've been so successful. Oh, thank you. Did thank you? you. It's been a pleasure to, yeah. to be able to interview people. And when I started my show, Everything Iconic, I didn't I didn't have access to many people. And so I, I started doing recaps that were just me on the microphone, just talking about these shows. And that was largely because I, I didn't have a way to interview people because I, I had a couple people that I knew or people that I could beg to say, uh, please come on my show. But as the show's grown, it's been just a, a dream come true to be able to talk to some of these people that I've, I've watched for so many years. I think that comes across in the interviews. Like I actually, I cry all the time. I have a Pisces moon, but <laughs> me listening to you talk to Andy Cohen or Katie Couric or Marie Osmond with your mom, like I get emotional about it oh, because I'm like, you. oh my gosh, I love seeing someone who I enjoy like live out their dreams. And it's just so cool to see how you've done this where it's like, I can imagine you, you know, being a child watching these shows and now you're doing it. Thank you. I, I mean, speaking of crying, yeah, I cry. Sometimes I do it in interviews and then other times I, I'll like be in the shower afterwards and I'm like, oh my God, like I can't believe that I got to talk to such and such or. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting for me. I, um, I like last week I was, I wake up really early and I take a long walk and I re-listened to your episode with Cameron Diaz and her business partner and like right as I, I'm not allowed to read my emails until I've had coffee. So it takes a while because usually the coffee places aren't open. So anyways, I'm listening and it's the end of the episode and you're reciting that poem and I'm oh, like crying. crying and I open my email and I see an email from you and I, and then I start crying Aww. and it's just like, it's so cool how it's all like trickled down and like you've affected so many people. I mean, I'm in a Facebook group with like thousands of people for everything iconic. We've done a gift exchange twice Aww. like it's just so cool what you've done that you didn't know when you were a little kid and now look at look at what you're doing thank you Jax thank you you're the sweetest and that Cameron Diaz moment I mean that was like I loved in her shoes which is that yes. movie where uh her character says this poem this um E.E. E. Cummings poem to her sisters the character played um by Tony Collette and I remember sitting in the theater crying to that moment. And then I had this weird out-of-body experience where I'm literally reciting the poem to Cameron Diaz over Zoom. But yeah, yeah it was a weird kind of out-of-body experience. But I got really emotional too, I think during that and then afterwards, certainly. Well, it's um, funny when you talked about like the, how, when you, you liked how Rosie got vulnerable because that moment stands out to me listening to you for all these years. And then also you had a medium on your show and you got emotional and that stood out to me. And I think a lot of people connect to the vulnerability and they appreciate it because so many people, I'm going to name names. Like I don't see James Corden getting vulnerable 
and <laughs> he annoys me. But um, anyways, I just think like people love to see human moments and like that's what yeah. we appreciate. I think the good news with the podcast is that you can do long form stuff so you can kind of get into some some stuff that's a little deeper. I've done a couple like interview junkets and the, like press junkets where they'll give you like a five minute slot with the celebrity and it's really hard to to get anything meaningful. But if I have an hour with someone, that that interview you mentioned with Teresa um, Caputo yeah. from the Long Island Medium, I mean, I, w- I went into that interview. I'm not someone who really puts that much weight into psychics or mediums. Um, I mean, I'm fa- I've always been fascinated by it, but I'm not, I've never put much weight into it. And so I went into that thinking, I'm going to talk about some of her past and, and kind of her life and career, but I wasn't expecting to like get read myself. Yeah. And then she brought up my grandma who I mentioned earlier. And I realized kind of in that moment was that I had, and and looking back after that interview, I had a lot of unprocessed grief with my grandma that w- I had sort of stuffed down yeah. because one of the things her and uh, Teresa and I had talked about was uh, I had not been there with my grandma before she passed and her and I were really, really close. And I had just moved to LA when she got sick. So I never saw her sick. And then she died. Um, then sh- she passed away and I-, I flew back for the funeral. I did her eulogy, but even now when I go back home, sometimes I'll be like, oh man, I-, I keep feeling like grandma should be here because I only knew her as well. I didn't know her. Right. Um, I-, I hadn't seen her and I think I had felt a lot of uh, a lot of um, regret of not going back when she did get sick, and a lot of that had to do with financial reasons. I couldn't fly back, and mm-hmm. there was just a lot of stuff. But I left that Teresa interview where I bawled. It's on YouTube, and people like still send me messages on it. Sometimes oh. not so nice messages, but oh. a lot of really nice ones though. Okay, good. Um, but. I think that I I had a lot of unprocessed grief, and I don't even think it was so much about what. Teresa was saying, which I thought was really beautiful and interesting and all of that. But it was like her just saying grandma rose to me, snapped something inside of me. And so, yeah, there's moments like that where it's it's like therapy session for me, which I would have never expected starting a silly podcast. But um, people might think I'm crazy as I'm telling that story. But it's awesome. I really I really left it like that was more than any other show I've ever done. That was like a therapy session for me. And I didn't realize how much I had stuffed in. I feel, I feel that deeply. And yeah, I, I just think the authenticity and the vulnerability is something that we're all craving, especially after this year of the pandemic, I think we're like craving it. And I'm, I haven't watched um, Z-Way's show yet. But I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, I have it recorded. I, I'm excited to watch it. Too. Yeah. Do you have any um, like other uh, recommendations for people who want to get into um, talk shows? Do you like past or present or future? You know, I would recommend this documentary called The Story of Late Night. They, there's only been, I think, two, two or three episodes that have aired on CNN. But there's also an accompanying podcast about it oh, cool. uh, that's... I think they're both called the story of late night. If you search that on podcast, you'll find them. Anyway, it's very fascinating. It's the history of late night specifically. So the story of late night, is that what I said? Yeah. Or did I? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's so fascinating. So I would recommend that. 
I think also YouTube, I go in these spirals and I think you can, Rosie O'Donnell's uploading interviews that she did from her original talk show on her oh. YouTube channel. And so you can just watch a lot of that stuff. And I, I, I just hop on there at night sometimes. Yesterday, uh, almost uh, two hours I was on YouTube just watching old talk show interview clips and there's literally every show on there. And you could find, if there's someone you like specifically, just type in, you know, Kathy Lee and NSYNC or something and you'll find tons of stuff. Yes. Awesome. So I have, um, I do a pop themed question um, for each guest. And mine for you is Pop Talk is a 2011 Tagalog talk show. And if you hosted a talk show, what would it be called and what would it look like? I, um, I hope very soon you'll be able to see, because uh, I'm, I'm working on something, but I, I am. Um, Breaking news. I so I hope but who knows yeah, yeah, yeah. who knows no who knows but I would love to do something kind of pop culture nostalgia based um love that just a happy fun kind of thing you know yeah yeah well I know it's meant to be happy and fun but if you find yourself crying know that I'll be cheering you on because that's my favorite well, Jax, you know, I don't go anywhere without crying. I was just getting, I got a haircut for the first time in the pandemic and I had to like walk out of the place. I had like a little bit of a, oh. uh, I'm fine. I, I'm fine. No, I love it. So I'm going to do um, my pop passion plug um, and then I'll let you uh, do yours and we'll, uh, you know. Can I ask you though, before, yeah. before, um, what's your, do you have a favorite talk show? Is there one that you really like? Um. Okay, so I was in high school in like the 2007s to 2010s. So I was huge on Chelsea Lately. And that was like, I learned about so many cool comics on that, that now I listen to their podcasts and I follow their careers. And and I loved whenever she had like the Kardashians on, you could tell she hated them. Right. And it was just so cool. Like I felt cool being up at, you know, 1030 at night watching a talk show. Right. Yeah. You know, speaking of formats for talk shows, I think that format should come back in some capacity where it was her hosting and then she had that panel. Yeah. To me, that's such a slam dunk uh, format for a show. I don't know why E or another network hasn't done something similar to that. I mean, yeah, I don't think that format is like copywritten. So even if it was, there should be some sort of something lately on E, you know, another person yeah yeah I that would be really cool um so my pop passion plug today comes from my friend Emily we met in the Chicago improv scene and um even though I have semi-retired from improv uh, we are still great friends she would like to plug resilience it's an independent not-for-profit organization dedicated to the healing and empowerment of sexual assault survivors through non-judgmental crisis intervention counseling, individual and group trauma therapy, and medical and legal advocacy in the greater Chicago metropolitan area. They provide public education and institutional advocacy in order to improve the treatment of sexual assault survivors and to affect positive change in policies and public attitudes towards sexual assault. You can find them um, and get involved or donate if you're able in the show notes. So Danny, what is your passion plug? My passion plug. So 
would it be therapy or would it be uh, charity related or? Sure, it could be a charity. Uh, you can plug your Patreon, which I enjoy. You're recapping Sex in the City. Um, anything you. you want to plug that you think will bring joy to the listeners. Well, I think in terms of charity, you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I'm really a, a big proponent of uh, the Brain and Behavioral Foundation. They do a lot of wonderful work. So I think that's a, a wonderful organization if people are looking for something to support that's uh, mental health related. And then uh, plug wise, you know, I just watched this show on Peacock called Girls Forever. Um, oh, it's yeah. a silly, it's a silly comedy and there's just eight episodes, half hour. And if people are looking for just a, a something to laugh at and giggle at, I think it's really fun and, and silly. And, uh, I wish there was more episodes cause I, my boyfriend, and I watched it in like one night. Um, yeah. so that's really good. And then one more, I'm here, yeah, I'm giving do you it. three. Yeah. Um, I also, if you're a nostalgia, nostalgia junkie like myself, I think the Mighty Ducks reboot on Disney plus, if anyone out there has kids, they're looking for something to watch with their kids. I think it's really a, a, a special kind of show. And you mentioned Gilmore girls earlier. So yeah. that's why I thought of it. Cause Lauren Graham's one of the stars. So She's it's been playing great. a single mom for 20 years. <laughs> like, I know it is sort of weird. I mean, this is a case where maybe they, I love her. She's the best, yeah. the best. But maybe it's a case where it, this one, this should be her last single mom role because the kids are getting younger and she's getting older. And I, I always want her to have any role she wants, but um, yeah. you know, I would like to see her play something different, like a villain or, or whatever it oh is. Oh my gosh. Different. That would be so cool to see her as a villain. She's so talented. Don't you? I just want to see her be a superhero. I want to see her. I don't know. Do yeah. anything she wants. Well, you know what? Um, I know you need to go, but she had a deal at, I think it was NBC where it was like a late night talk show and she was the host, but it fell through. That? It was like wish... right after the Gilmore Girls revival and it was like she was the star and it was about a late night show. I mean, it would have been great. Jax, we need it. I we mean, I it. bet they filmed a pilot and I bet, well, I don't know if I could find it, but I bet you know people who could find it. I mean, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go look for it. But yeah, I wish she, I just want her to do whatever she wants to do. But I would just like to see her play different stuff because yeah. we can, we've seen her play that role and she's great at it. But I just want to see how, watch her shine and other stuff. Yeah, she definitely has the chops, as do you. And I, I don't wanna... have any acting chops, Jack. Oh, but... stop. I, I, <laughs> I think you were in a dinner show theater here in Chicago. I believe I've heard that. Is Tony and Tina's wedding still going on? It's done I don't now, think I think. So. Yeah. Oh my God. I miss Chicago. You know, I lived there for a couple of years and I did all the improv scene there and it was the best time of my life living in Chicago. And I remember I would go from like second city to the IO yeah. to, to Tony and Tina's wedding. And I would ride my bike between the three of them. And I would, I worked at the different, I worked at the IO and second city and I just had the time of my life there. Awesome. Well, if you're ever in Chicago, you have a stage at the Lincoln Lodge. Um, thank you, Danny Pellegrino. And thank you for listening to Pop of Passion, produced by Christine Ferreira. Please follow the show on social media at Pop of Passion and at popofpassionpodcast.com. I'm Jax, Jax- can I get... I'm going to interrupt yeah. you too. I want to tell your listeners, if you like the show, go give Jax a five-star review on iTunes thank or you. Apple or whatever, because it really helps out the podcast. So... If you're listening, you like it, just take two minutes to go give Jax a five-star review because she deserves it. She works hard on this. And it's really a simple way that you guys can help. Oh, my gosh. Danny, thank you so much. Um, thank you. That reminds me of when Bethany was on your show and you're like, I got to plug the merch. 
because Bethany would want me to plug the merch. Um, I mean, so, that was a that was a tough one. <laughs> loved it. Loved every moment. That was a tough hole that we could get into that another time. Okay, can't wait. So uh, thank you. Go out and be the light, living your passion. 